Welcome to My Media Life, where we chat with the movers and shakers in the marketing industry and uh, ask them about how they spend their days. This podcast is brought to you by the World Media Group, and my name is Belinda Barker. Today, we're talking to Ali O, the founder of Brixton Finishing School and Ad Academy. Welcome, Ali. Thanks, Belinda. Lovely to see you and lovely, and lovely to, to have the chance you. to chat. <laughs> and I would like to say that that we are delighted to be, uh, as the World Media Group, um, one of the partners of, of the amazing work that, that you do. And, and I hope you'll tell us a little bit more about that during during the course of the next few, few minutes. But I'd like to start off um, really asking you about what does the media industry mean to you? Uh, well, media industry to me, I find it fascinating. It's like a repository for the world's opinions, thoughts, feelings and positions. I just think it's all humanity's views on the world in one place um, and how that all connects and how it all mixes together and how ideas and concepts can travel within that, you know, massive ecosystem. I've just loved it since, yeah, since I fell into it nearly 30 years ago. So what's, is there any one piece of advice that you've been given or, or that you would like to share that's helped you in your career? Give less fucks, basically. Give much less fucks, especially as a female. So when I was younger, I used to give far too much credence to being concerned about what other people thought of me, trying to keep the peace, classic people pleasing. I would say I've been a lot more successful or or a lot more relentlessly unstoppable, since I just focused on the thing I needed to do, which is make change, make the industry more equitable, and stopped listening or concerning myself with stuff out of my control. You can't control what people think of you. You can't, obviously, not being a twat is an important part of that. But if you've done your best every day to be the least twatty human you can be, that's pretty much as good as it's going to get, and people are going to think what they're going to think anyway. I think relentlessly unstoppable <laughs> is a really good description of 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 Ali. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> so, what um, what do you enjoy about your current job? What's your most favourite? Oh, what's my favourite thing about the dream job I've created for myself? Well, in a real Oscar-winning way, I'm going to say I can't thank all the bits of my job because they're all equal. For me, it's just the fact that I'm part of something bigger than myself that's working. You know, I've always been really passionate about equity and change and talent reaching its potential. And now we've got this amazing alliance of partners like yourself and, you know, talent. And just It's just this big change-making engine. And every day, you actually feel as if you're doing something worthwhile. Plus... You know, we see the fruits. We're very lucky in the sense that the fruits of our labours all around us in the industry now. I had a lovely chat with my community manager this morning and she's just been doing some work in our mentorship area. And she was like, you know, the best bit about mentorship is I get to actually see where I make a difference. And that's really, you know, she actually came through our programme, but she gets to actually see in quite a short term, I know that I've had a positive effect hopefully positive on that person's outcome that's just gold dust really 
Was the one, sorry, this is the, I'm, I'm just interested to know, was there a, a single light bulb moment when you thought, you know, what what started the, the, the beginning of Bricks and Finishing School? Yeah, it was in 2016 that the first Brixton was 2018. And I was at a very big media group and they employed a right wing agitator. Nothing wrong with being right wing. I mean, I'm, you know, politics has nothing to do with it, but not being nice to people and deliberately being hate, hating towards certain communities pisses me off. Yeah. You know, got your right to opinion, but you haven't got a right to put other people down. And this particular commentator, well, basically, because of the work I was doing, I was contributing towards paying her salary through my labours. Uh, it was Katie Hopkins. And I just oh, thought, wow, okay. yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're not like a mild person, yeah. a strongly opinionated person who doesn't like the communities I care for and also doesn't even like ginger babies. So, well, this was not a personal crusade, people, but she doesn't like ginger babies as well. So thanks, Katie. Thanks for making me angry. Because out of that anger came this wonderful thing. Because um, I just had a moment where I was like, if I'm going to work this hard and I am, as we say, relentless, then I want to put you know, all my talent, all my relentlessness into something that makes the world a more equitable place and improves the industry. So I love the industry. It's fed me, it's clothed me. It's kept me interested for three decades, um, but it's never really involved all the voices we need to make it as brilliant as it could be. We tend to be very lopsided. And I just, you know, this was the kind of touch paper. I just thought, no, not again. We're not going to have somebody who always gets breaks, getting a break. Why can't we hear other people's points of view? Why is it always just one type of person? So Katie Hopkins actually managed to do something for the positive. Yeah. That, that's um Yeah. So thank you, Katie the Hopkins, for your gift to equity. Yes. <laughs> you may not have intended to help make the world a better place. In fact, I probably think you weren't intending that at all. <laughs> but it turned out that way. So that's good. <laughs> so, I mean, what... Uh... What you do as a business is, is you know, helping to get um, people from from minorities in into our industry, yeah. and I guess you're giving them advice on a on a daily basis. But for for the for the purposes of this podcast, for people who haven't been through your training programs, is there one piece of advice you would give somebody considering ent entering this? Um, industry today? Probably from a safety point of view, I would definitely let them know that they're going to be a pioneer if they come from communities that aren't well represented. Um, I think it's really important that we let our talent know that it is going to be challenging coming into spaces where they aren't represented. And interestingly, the people we work with aren't actually a minority. They're, the majority of people in the UK it's just they're a minority in our spaces. Yeah. Our spaces are actually run by a minority. You know, we're very unrepresentative. It's really interesting. You know, we, the majority, are not the majority in, bizarrely, places that mass marketly communicate. Um, and that could be anything. It could be age. It could be race. It could be ability. It could be location. It could be neurodiversity. 
it could class is a massive one there's so many intersections it could be that you're a carer or a parent and i just sort of think number one recognize that it's half the time it's not you it's the system that stopped you succeeding the system is designed very carefully designed to let certain people succeed and certain people to support those people to succeed and it's going to take a while for us to all work together to make it an equitable system though we know that's the best thing that could happen because from a profit profiteering point of view as well as a social justice point of view uh would be a lot more shipshape and make a lot more money if we included everybody in the system um i think we've already ascertained what your your personal secret talent is <laughs> in terms of being uh, unrelenting but but um would, would is there anything else you would being ginger i'm gonna go for ginger. <laughs> it's not very secret but i, I think born ginger gives you a series of natural advantages and disadvantages in life you can never hide you get a lot of attention and you very quickly learn to stand your ground yeah i'm used to being the only one in a room I mean, it's just like, it's very rarely that I'm, there's, I, I mean, yesterday, I think I saw three people that looked like me in the street and that, I was really excited every time I passed somebody who looked a bit like me. Uh, That's yeah, so, so funny. I, I've never, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have, have, have uh, thought of that in a million years. <laughs> yeah, you're very, I mean, put it this way, you're memorable. So I think you have an innate advantage if you don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to always stand out whether I wish to or not. <laughs> so you just, yeah, and you get mistaken for other people who, yeah, my worst fear, Belinda, is to get mistaken for somebody who's another redhead who's committed a serious crime. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> um, so where do you get your daily news from? So I have some... I watch what I'm careful about what I read, actually. I tend to be, I think I've got ADHD, so I can get really over interested in stuff that's not necessarily going to help me get into what I need to do that day. So I have some rules around when I, how I consume my news. So I read a bit of The Guardian, but I did this thing that was recommended after the murder of George, George Floyd in 2020, which was to have a multiple system of news sources mm -hmm. so i actually have a muslim news channel that i read every day and also i've signed up to, to a black news channel in the states which is really interesting it's called the root i don't know who the celebrities are on this thing but it's given me such a better understanding of a massive part of the world's population's mm -hmm. news and views that i as a white female from britain would never have and that's really interesting so do i do that and I hate to say it, bit of vice from Refinery29, I'm not going to lie. And I do like a bit of Love Island news, Belinda, <laughs> which is really embarrassing. Though I love Forbes, I love the New York Times. You know, I love a bit of a meaty article as well. So I do have some of your partners on my list. I tend to avoid anything too sensationalist apart from Love Island. I was going to say, Love <laughs> Island to Forbes. I know. That's... I am ever the maven. <laughs> ever, yeah, I, that's the best thing about it, I think, is, you know, the, well, that's the beauty of the media, isn't it? In one, on one, like, tablet or phone, I can literally 
be a thousand different versions of myself. And I think that's what the internet has gifted us, which obviously I used to work in print. I loved working in print, still love print, but just the ability for me to have so, so many different voices in one place from different parts of the world and with really different views. I think that's an incredible richness that, you know, we can, we can have as a daily media consumption if we choose to be that varied. And I would definitely say to anybody listening, please, please like fiddle with your settings, go and do some stuff, go and find some stuff you don't normally listen to. Yeah, you never know, you may like it. Now you mentioned listen to, so do you listen to podcasts as well? I am, I'm going to really have to own this one. I liked, yeah, my daughter and me are true crime fans. If you've got a teenage girl, that is true crime territory. I also love docudramas. So I've been really into the BBC, was it the cryptocurrency, the heiress that disappeared as well. There's loads of stuff, all that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of news podcasts, because of the new, current news agenda is really depressing for the audiences I care about, I can get, I have to be careful how much of that I take on board so it doesn't knock the optimism out of me at the beginning of the day. So I will say, do you know what today I'm just going to get on with the work rather than listen to yet more austerity measures. <laughs> yeah, and just kind of like how much more of this stuff? Because it just brings you down. You think, you know, obviously I'm in a mission to try and improve people's outcomes and try and, you know, level people up. And obviously the news is a lot about, you know, policies and experiences which are actually narrowing people's potential or even the ability to feed themselves in this country. It's quite... I find it quite distressing. You've talked, you've mentioned quite a few um, media brands, but are are there, you know, if if, if you were stuck on a desert island and you had to to pick two or three brands that you took with you, is there anything that's more more important to you? Okay, I'm going to go Guardian. And the reason I've chosen the Guardian is because I worked there for seven years. So it's Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very difficult. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also because it's a nice mix of everything and it is, you know, independently owned. It's not exposed to be a balance of views. Is Instagram a media brand? Am I allowed to? Is it not? No, I don't. I don't think so. I yeah. don't think we'll classify that as a media brand. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to go Refinery29 and Vice. Why? Because even though I'm 50 next week, Blinda, in my head, I'm still 27. You know, I can't... and it's really nice to see the trends. And there's something really optimistic and hopeful about all the progress that generation are making. You know, when I think about when I was their age and even things on like genders and, you know, LGBTQA progress. I mean, obviously, there's lots of parts of the world where that's not happening, but I do feel there's just so much nice, hopeful, equitable stuff in that that generation. Well, yeah. I hope you've got some fun things planned for your fiftieth next week. Well, I hate to say I'm gonna. I, it's not just next week; it's a summer of festivities. Belinda. Oh, yay! <laughs> I am literally going, it finally finishes. The last event is on the 10th of September, put it that way. So it's six weeks of fun. It's literally going to be run like a media campaign. I don't know when I'm going to get through it. I really don't. We'll see. I have to say, I did the same <laughs> for my 50th. I had, I went, I went 
to Istanbul, I did this, I did that, That's I did amazing. the other. I've never really celebrated a birthday before or since, but my 50th, I, I went to town. Yeah. <laughs> I think as well, just what's great about being 50 is I can't believe I'm 50 and still in the industry because we deal a lot with ageism. So it's really amazing. We're doing a podcast where two women over 50 are together because we're like unicorns <laughs> in the industry and that's something we're kind of talking about well we run an over 45s course but this is a definitely big push I've never thought us. of myself as a unicorn I rather like that <laughs> there you go. yeah you are but here you go you know, I can be my special power is being ginger you can be a unicorn blender <laughs> so what else I mean you you are always switched on I mean you are superhuman in terms of of the output and what you do but how how do you switch off what so what, what I, are your... I am yeah I would say I'm either on off or in the gym yeah there doesn't seem to be a lot of in between so I do a lot of physical stuff to switch my brain off and I do I hate to say it just a lot of lying very still looking at a tree or a bird or a flower so it's kind of like all out then the battery runs down I'm like oh no more humans for a while please I'm done for a couple of hours and I'll go somewhere quiet and I'll just like look at nature or I'll do something really physical like box or lift something heavy uh, and that generally will switch off the um the doing bit I'm yet to perfect the art of relaxing Maybe when I'm 60 or 75, we'll finally get the idea of downtime right. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be good, wouldn't it, to have success in that area? Yeah. So who who has ever inspired you? It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody within the industry, although it, 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 it could be. Have you got any particular human inspiration? I mean, there's a lot of people that have really inspired me in the industry. Um, and that, you know, there's amazing female, you know, as I think as I've got older and as probably, and this is a trite phrase, we've all woken up a bit more to the fact we need to change the stuff around us. There have been just just the women that have come together in groups, the other activists I work with, especially uh, sort of a lot of the black females I work with. I think that you know, that's a constant inspiration because certainly I felt from a white female class perspective, I was having a bit of a crap time at points. That is nothing in comparison to my black female colleagues. Um, and I think, you know, people like Maria McDowell, who runs Lollipop Mentoring, which is a black female mentorship program. That's amazing. Caroline Forbes at Clear Channel. There's just a whole list of people that I yeah i'm constantly amazed at how they've managed to be so successful because they deserve to be successful obviously because they were more than talented but have not only done that but bought their own brand of change making within the industry to kind of put the ladder down and also help everybody better understand what it is we need to move forward on so yeah and then yeah i'm very lucky that a lot of people have partnered with us and I get to spend time with brilliant people all the time. Then my trustees are Jenna Osler at Facebook, sorry, Meta and Maria McDowell, my female trustees. My male trustees, I won't mention, but they're Ben Major and Dino, and and they are all brilliant. Yeah. So I'm going to say my trustees are my most inspirational people today. That's amazing, Ali. It's 
It's been such a pleasure to talk to you again. And I'm really looking forward to um, the training, couple of training sessions we're, do yeah. we're doing with, with your cohorts coming up. We're just really excited to be working with you. And also the brand you've got are incredible. And I think, you know, it's just been a wonderful experience to come on board. And I also think the opportunity for the Brixton and Finishing School talent to actually understand what good looks like and to be involved in the pro process of judging and have access to that experience and the judges is really valuable. So thank you for that. Brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I really hope that we actually get to meet in person yeah, sometime soon. Definitely. Thank you so much again, Ali. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.